to An Unexpected Launch, a series of stories about ordinary people who've navigated extraordinary circumstances. We feature conversations with women, men, and children who were launched into a reality that they didn't dream of. Join us as we share the events that propel us forward to take risks, find our superpowers, dream new dreams, and take the first steps towards new beginnings. I'm Kirsten, creator of the blog and podcast, An Unexpected Launch, and today I'm speaking with Luann. When I first began searching for stories of those like me, I came across a TED Talk of Luann and Matt describing their mixed orientation marriage. Seeing so much similarity in our stories, I reached out to Luann, who graciously agreed to speak with me. It's been comforting getting to know her better and sharing our experiences. Luann, welcome to An Unexpected Launch. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So let's just start at the beginning of of your story. How did you and Matt meet? Um, We met in um, at the beginning of the semester at a small Christian college in Indiana. We were both music majors, and as a music major, you had to audition for vocal music groups. So right as as the semester was starting, we met um, when we were trying out for the different um, musical ensembles. I love that. That's a great way to meet. <laughs> so tell me, how did the two of you fall in love? Well, when I think about us falling in love, it wasn't really one particular moment for me. It wasn't like something that happened in an instant, but rather, I think, just a deepening of our friendship. We very quickly found um, common values and interests. Uh, we had, being at a smaller school, private school, we had several classes together, we ate together, we spent as much time together as possible. Um, we really became, quickly became best friends. Um, and I think in spending hours talking about life, uh, we found lots of shared desires for our futures. Um, I began to even grow my appreciation for his intellect and his thoughts and opinions on some of the things from like politics to theology to music, um, and I think just the more time we spent together, the the more that, that began to cultivate um, a, a deepening relationship, and our, our friendship really kind of turned into what I felt like was a very um, romantic love kind of relationship. I felt like it was a um, really the best of both worlds, being able to fall in love with the person that I felt like was my best friend. Hmm, I love that. So you you fall in love with your best friend, you get married, you go on to have four children. What did you love most about your family? Um, at times, I really loved the chaos, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can sum it up by just saying that we were the nightingales. We were life-giving and connected, and we just had a real fun family unit. Um, I, I really liked how the different stages of life with as parents with kids and then growing up, we, we worked through challenges well together, we communicated well, we were the house that kids felt comfortable bringing their friends to, um, we enjoyed each other's company and we would spend time together as a family and we welcomed everyone into our home. We, um, we were kind of really on the creative side and uh, our there's some musical talent in our in our family here, and so we would often, you know, go on, be in the car and sing 
be seeing and have complete harmonies with all the kids in the car. Just was something that another way for us to connect. And um, I think we laugh well together. We celebrate each other. Just so many things in my mind that really kind of make um, uh, a stable, far from perfect, but a stable, um, happy home environment. I really felt like that we had um, captured that. Um, and as I mentioned, at times we were very chaotic, <laughs> but I think it was the kind of chaos that, for me, many times produced joy. Um, I can look back on some of those moments that are almost a blur of having four young kids, especially, you know, we had uh, our third pregnancy was twins, so that kind of added a little bit to the, the chaos as well, but um, it just was a, I love the unit, I love the family unit, celebrating each other speaking words of confidence and encouragement to each other. It just was kind of what I had dreamed of for my family. So I can completely relate to you on the the chaos, having three boys, each about two years apart. Uh, my life was very much marked by chaos. And, and I, too, I, I, as much as there were days I wanted to tear my hair out, I loved it. And in the conversations that I've had with individuals, both men and women who have been in our situation, there's such a common theme of this strong family unit, this these deep bonds, these deep friendships, deep respect, a true sense of partnership, a true sense of joy in the family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's what makes some of these stories, as, as yours is going to unfold, some somewhat complicated and, and complex and, and difficult for us to understand and for our friends and family to understand. So nine years into your marriage, you have four young children, and your husband, Matt, can no longer hide his same-sex attraction, and he admits his truth to you. How did you feel in that moment? Yes. Um, so it was, it was interesting. I, I had no uh, intuition, and I, there was nothing that had surfaced for me that I had experienced or found or seen or anything that led me to, um, to even question uh, whether or not he was, he was gay. Um, so, yeah, we were married nine years, and one night when the kids were, when the kids were uh, asleep, he came in and, um, and said he had to tell me something, and immediately I knew that something was wrong, you know, and as he proceeded to kind of tell me the, where he was at about him being gay and about him um, having a brief affair uh, and addiction to porn, kind of gave me a whole everything. <laughs> Um, I was truly shocked. I, I just I was like shocked to the point of becoming and, and feeling numb. Um, I was devastated. I, I was humiliated. I was, even though at that time nobody else knew, I was very, so embarrassed for what this would do and what our future might look like. Um, I felt betrayed and um, I just knew that this was going to change my life forever. Um, I was... I was heartbroken um, almost instantly because I, I had given my life and my self to someone who I believed with love and cherish me forever, and now I'm finding out that wasn't true. And although maybe he had good intentions, in the moment of hearing that news, um, I really felt just betrayed and hurt. Um, I started to get angry <laughs> about the whole situation. 
And honestly, I really didn't think I was going to be able to survive. I really didn't think I would make it through whatever the future would hold for us at that time. Well, I can imagine not having any suspicion what a shock that would be. And as you note, it wasn't just an admission of a same-sex attraction, but there was some action and there there was so much that he disclosed to you that in some ways is a gift that he was able to be honest with you and open with you because that certainly led to uh, a series of events of you two working together that we'll we'll get into in a little bit, um, and you know you do you just feel that, gosh your your life is over and and what does this mean and and so many fears as as you point out, um, you also point out in the beginning you you both you, religion was certainly a part of of your life and that was something that was important to you. And based on your religious upbringing, both you and Matt felt that therapy might be the answer to to his same-sex attraction. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that entailed? Certainly. Um, so we both uh, grew up in a faith background. Um, we ourselves were very, uh, we were affirming uh, and didn't see um, anything um, wrong with people that identified as lesbian or gay, um, but in our circle and in our faith community, it was not something that was fully accepted. And so, as and, and our growing up, our belief system and our theology kind of um, obviously modeled that. So, and the fact that Matt at the time also worked um, as a pastor in a church, that was also um, something else that kind of came into came into play for us that made a little bit unique situation. So, um, so yeah, there was, at, at the time, years ago, there was a belief that reparative therapy, um, counseling, quote, praying the gay away, all these things would be able to change someone or fix somebody who was dealing with same-sex attraction issues. It was looked at as um, a sin and something that people could just, correct is almost like that they're choosing to be this way or choosing to do this wrong thing. Um, And so with us in the situation we were in, even though we were more um, liberal in our thinking, we were still in a system that um, wanted to and kind of taught that you can be healed or, um, or fixed. So we did move forward with some of the recommendations from the, we had some church leaders that well-intended, really wanted to help us, wanted to help our marriage, wanted to help our family, provided us with some resources, um, some therapy, uh, provided some opportunities for Matt for some resources that were to deal specifically with his health issues. <laughs> um, it was trying to kind of like, uh, and move forward in that living with his same-sex attraction as an issue, but kind of overcoming it to still be married and be in a heterosexual relationship with me and keeping our family together. So that was a challenging time for us um, because we, again, we were following the teachings that we had learned, but 
every day and every step towards that and moving down that path, it just became over time more and more clear that this was not going to work. There isn't a, um, a therapist that can take somebody who um, is attracted to men and make them attracted to women. It, it, that's not something that manifests itself that way. We quickly, I would say within a few years, started to see that it wasn't really necessarily going to change anything. And we were going to have to either commit to being in a mixed orientation marriage, um, which was our only option for both of us at the time, because uh, we didn't want to uh, be, we didn't want to separate our family. I didn't want to get divorced. Um, and so that's kind of what before. But it was really challenging uh, as time went on where we feel like we were kind of being told to try one thing. And as we did, it wasn't working. It just became more and more clear that Matt was gay. And as that unfolded for him, he then began to began to identify his, himself as, as gay. Whereas when you first started the process, when you first came out to me, it was, as you mentioned, uh, same-sex attraction. So I'm fascinated by the influence of religion on s- sexuality or the... the um, acceptance of of sexuality because I've talked to a number of individuals in different religions and I I just it's something that I'm intrigued to to explore because to your point this isn't something that therapy is is going to be able to to influence it's not it's not a choice it's it's not a choice or a decision that that somebody's making so when Matt was going through this therapy, which I can imagine was so difficult on the both of you, and he's working so hard to overcome his sexuality, which I can't imagine how frustrating that, that was, how were you feeling during that time that he, he was going through that? I think one of the biggest things for me was the, um, just, it, it just wasn't authentic. I, I now had him, I had reason, you know, he had confessed to me that he wasn't attracted to me, that he didn't love me the way that I loved him. Um, but yet he was um, trying and like faking it until he could. That's one of the things they would, they would say, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hurtful. It's, uh, it, it was very damaging think, to me emotionally, um, obviously damaging to Matt emotionally too. Um, to kind of be in a situation where it's not natural, but you're trying to force things to happen. It, it wasn't, uh, I look back now, and I see why we were in that situation. I understand all the factors that went into that, um, but it certainly wasn't ideal, and I, I think it was just uh, kind of compounded the hurt and some of the things that I was experiencing and dealing with emotionally. So you're feeling this hurt, and you know, I, I, I just my my heart aches for you because I I know how this feels as well that y- you love somebody in a in a way that they don't love you, and and that's so hard to hear that, and it's so hard to accept that, and you're certainly not alone in this decision. What what led you to continue to remain in this marriage despite Matt's admission? despite the fake it till you make it, despite the hurt that you were feeling, what made you stay? Um, 
I think one of the biggest things was uh, our kids and us both desiring to keep our family intact and um, doing what's in the best interest of our kids. Um, and I think another big, other second and probably biggest thing is that we still had a lot of good. I even, even though there was hurt and pain, there's, there's hurt and disappointment and pain in every relationship. Um, and even though ours was uh, you know what it was. There was still so much good that we experienced being together, and I think that stemmed from the fact that we did have a real solid uh, friendship as a foundation, and so we were able to do life and go through life and the daily things that you do, and go to soccer and make dinner and uh, go on vacation. We were able to do all those things um, and still experience good through that. Um, and, and I really, I really liked what we had. I really liked the family that we had. I liked what we, we shared. And for me too, it seemed, it just wasn't worth the risk of, um, of separating all that. And, um, and I could not make a decision that would put my kids in a situation I felt like wouldn't have been ideal for them at that time. I so relate to what you are saying. While my former husband, Matt, did not admit that he was gay for for quite some time, I had suspicions. Mm -hmm. And I stayed for exactly the same reasons that you did. I loved our family. And I, I loved Matt and I loved our relationship. And like you, I knew that no relationship is perfect. And I felt that, all things considered, we had a fantastic relationship. And I had sort of made this deal with myself that this was this was what I had and this is what I deserved and and it was really pretty good. It wasn't perfect, but I, like you, I said, well, no relationship is perfect. So I found some ways to rationalize it, and exactly like you, I couldn't I I couldn't leave. I you know I I admit that I thought about it a couple of times. I just, I couldn't do it because there were so many reasons that were compelling mm-hmm. enough for me to stay and overlook what I knew in my, in my gut to be true. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, it just seemed like this was our thing. People had, you know, marriages have things that they deal with and they have to work through and challenge with their things and this was just ours. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> kind of, uh, I got to a place of accepting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just being committed to sticking it out. Well, I com- I completely understand um, your your choice and your decision. That's very similar to mine, and that's why when you and I started talking, it was so reassuring to me because there's so many times that I've gone back and and doubted my decisions and did I do the right thing, and it's so comforting to know that I made decisions similar to other people it made me just feel less alone and I wasn't sort of crazy in my thinking because you start to doubt yourself and and your decisions um so initially both you and Matt are are hopeful that therapy is going to be successful it's going to help you in your marriage but with time he really started struggling and he was feeling guilt and shame and, and frustration and he started pulling away from you and distancing himself. And after 22 mm-hmm. years 
Matt decided to leave your marriage. So at that mm-hmm. moment, knowing that you both had worked so hard for so long, what were you feeling in that moment that he 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 said that it was finally over? I think I would have been prepared for it, but I really, <laughs> I really wasn't. Um, I, I mean, I kind of knew it was coming. We had had lots of discussions leading up to it. Um, and there was about a year of, of a real severe roller coaster of emotions for me. Um, uh, just the grief that, I, that was coming, the, the loss of our the family unit, I have come so much to love. Um, and the acceptance of just losing the marriage that I it wasn't it wasn't exactly as I had expected it to be, but it was still um, it was still I had a partner in life, and thinking about being alone, it, it was very it was very difficult, um, devastating for me. I had some periods of depression and trying to work through all that, um, and I think an added piece for me was. Um, because of his role and position at a church, he would, and because of the situation, he would not be able to continue to be in that position um, as a divorced and coming out as gay uh, staff member. He would have to, um, he'd have to resign from his role, which that kind of magnified things a little bit for us in that when a staffing change like that takes place at the church, they notify everybody in the church. So that meant um, a letter was going to go out to a very, very large number of people um, talking about our personal life. Not, I mean, it was appropriate, but still, um, I didn't look forward to that. I kind of like to keep my life a little private, and this was certainly the opposite of that. Um, so it was very challenging for me uh, emotionally that the public knowledge I really feared what that would do to me um, emotionally. Um, However, I can't say I was pleasantly surprised because there was a bit of, once it came to the point where he was out publicly and we knew when it was going to happen, the letter was going to go out, there was a day and the time and place. I was pleasantly surprised at the relief that I experienced (laughs) once the truth was out, when it was no longer a secret. Um, as much as it was still painful for me, um, I was unaware at how holding that information for so long had really been negatively impacting me. That's interesting that you say that because, uh, again, you know, Matt Matt didn't come out to me, uh, or he, though I had these suspicions, he, he didn't admit them to me until the very end. And so I felt like for about 17 years, I had this suspicion and I was keeping this secret because I was so afraid to tell anybody. I was afraid that if I said the words that it would be true and I didn't want it to be true. And I will tell you that when when news, so it was one of, very similar to you, we had a, a situation where we, we didn't really control telling friends. It, it One of our kids said something at, at school, which we completely gave them the, the um, invitation to share however they wanted. But it was one of those things that sort of spread like wildfire. And on the one hand, I was so terrified for Matt because he didn't get to share his story in the way that he wanted. Yet at the same time, 
just like you said, I was so relieved. Um, and, you know, Matt had come out to me probably about a, mm, three to four weeks before my friends knew. And me okay. not having to tell them and them just knowing there was something that was, it was so re such a relief for me not to have to speak the words because I didn't quite have the words. I didn't quite know what to say. So I really can relate to just that relief of not carrying that secret anymore. You don't realize until that secret has been released how much it weighs on you and how much it impacts you. Yes, yeah, that's true. I agree. <laughs> how did you tell your children So when it comes to our kids, um, the story kind of came to them at different times. Um, we told our oldest son, or I shouldn't say we, I should say Matt, told uh, our oldest son um, a little bit about what he was experiencing with, um, with the therapy um, and kind of talked about his issues with porn and things like that. Just as a way of being authentic, he wanted to be as real as he could with the kids that was appropriate. And so, um, when I was a teenager, conversations kind of started around that. And it wasn't so much a um, sit down, coming out to his son moment, but more of conversations that happened over, you know, many months, over a couple of years, where it kind of got to a place when um, when Matt did finally say he was gay, our oldest son wasn't surprised. He was like, oh, yeah, we've been talking about this. I, I kind of kind of get it. And I, I think it minimized that surprise, <laughs> the element a little bit of the shock there. Mm -hmm. um, our middle son, it was um, a little closer to when Matt came out publicly. Same thing. He just really felt like he was um, holding himself back and wanted his you know, wanted his son to truly know who he was. And so he took him out for a drive one night and um, and said, I have to tell you something and then we're going to talk about it. And he's like, I'm gay? Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> what questions do you have? And so it was kind of like a, um, instead of it being for those, for the older boys, instead of it being something that kind of turned them away and caused a distance, it really created conversation and I think it brought them together uh, because of the way that it that it happened, and so that was still about a year before or more before before Matt came out publicly, and then um, our twins. Uh, obviously, they were younger, and so it wasn't the timing was kind of fell in line that way. But he um, knew at this point in time, he knew he was going to um, want to get divorced. He knew that he was going to be coming out gay. He knew he was going to be moving his job. Um, so about three months before that happened, he sat down with them and had a similar conversation. Um, I think it was a little bit more of a, a, a shock to them just because they didn't have some of their earlier conversations leading up to it. Um, there was lots of questions, but ultimately there was an understanding um, as to, and it gave us a chance to kind of explain why we got to this point, why we were still together, <laughs> you know, kind of told the whole story. And they were older, so there was an ability for them to kind of understand that process. So we told them at different times. Um, and one of the things we did do when 
clinic, we always told them this, that we made ourselves available for any questions. If you ever want to talk about this, you know, please let us know. Um, but we also gave each of them, uh, gave them a, a handful of people that are very close to us and close to our family that also know the story in detail that they could also reach out to in case they wanted to um, talk to somebody who wasn't us. You know, we said, you know, you can talk to the so-and-so and so-and-so about this if you if you want to. We know it's hard. And and I think it went as well as it could. Um, I think the harder piece of the information was for them not to learn so much that Matt was gay, but to learn that we were getting divorced. That was the that was the harder thing to tell and um, the harder thing to just kind of wash as they had to experience that and accept that. That is exactly the experience that that we had the first question out of one of our so we did it a little bit differently in that we Matt and I told the boys well Matt told them but I was with with um with him and we told all three boys at the same time and the uh, the only question that came up was are you getting divorced and when we said yes the look on their faces I mean it just it it killed me it just absolutely killed me um mm-hmm. And very similar to your children, my children were so proud of Matt for being authentic and, and being himself. And they feel that now they have this even close, they've always been close with, with Matt and have a very loving relationship. I think they feel even closer because he's presenting himself just who he is. And I... I so I think that very similar to to your experience, you know, my my children felt really close to to Matt, my Matt, after after he came out, and and they were really okay. happy that they weren't happy with how things turned out for the family, but so happy for Matt that he could live his okay. authentic life and be who he is. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Similar to there was. Um, a support and understanding and they even kind of I think to understand his excitement and the the joy he was feeling and being able to live truthfully um, and at the same time they also uh, really felt badly for me and understood how it was impacting me differently than it was for him I didn't have the same excitement of moving out into pursuing a new kind of life you know um, so I, I know that they did express that to me, and they were very uh, understanding, I think, as they uh, as much as they could be of each of us in our different situations around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there, would you do anything differently if, if you're thinking about other uh, couples who are in our situation preparing to tell their children, do you have any advice for them, or is there anything that you would do differently? Well, that's such a hard question. I mean, I think each situation is so unique. Um, I know for us, you know, I I was, I knew for a long time. We brought our kids into it, you know, a couple of them a little earlier. Um, and I don't, I, I thought about this a lot. And I look back and I, I wonder and I've played out different scenarios in my head. Um and I just think it's too hard to know if it would have been different another way or not. Um, would it have been better for us to divorce earlier? Would it, would it have been better to tell the kids earlier? Or, you know, um, I, it, it's challenging. I think my only uh, learnings that I would 
what I would pass on is um, and, and share is that I think in our situation, the attitude of grace and understanding has really um, produced just openness and freedom and, and honesty in our family. And we have um, been able to maintain very close relationships with our kids. Um, and even Matt and I have been able to, we've, we, we've had some rough days <laughs> a while ago when all this was a little bit more fresh, but um, at this point in time, we, we are friends and we have done, uh, have worked to just be respectful and kind to each other, knowing that it's not, not, not as a, a show, but as though it's in our best interest for our, for us individually and also for our family, because that's still very important to us. The things that were important to us, the things that we had, the good that we shared, um, it's taken on a new form, but that's still there. And I think there were times when I thought I was going to lose all of that. And that was one of my biggest concerns and one of the things I grieve the most. Um, and that's not, that hasn't been the case. And I think that's true for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be that way. It's definitely a shift. It's very different. It's a change. And it's been a change the whole family has walked through in their own way. Um, but the things that were so good about what we had, like when you asked me about what I liked about my family, a lot of those things are still very true today. And I think it's um, just looking at it um, with understanding and um Choosing, uh, well, like as we said in our TED Talk, we, we, our TED Talk was titled Choosing Gratitude and Hope, and that really has been a focus for what we've done, and I think it's made a difference for me, and I would encourage people to to uh, consider that, even though sometimes it um, might not be the easiest act. It's easy to be, for me, it was easy to be consumed by anger and disappointment, and I could very, um, very quickly step into um, just self-pity and instead I had to look at the big picture and realize that's not what I want for my life that's not what I want for my family um and so really kind of stepping back and saying no this isn't the end (laughs) it's not the end of the family it's not the end of um relationships and um I focused on that and it really was helpful for me I think that that's going to be so hopeful to other people who are in the earlier stages of of their journey and trying to navigate the separation and wondering what their family will will look like. I think that hearing what you and Matt have been able to accomplishment uh, excuse me accomplish will provide such hope to those who so fear that everything that they love about their family doesn't necessarily have to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think there's such power in um, learning and hearing other people's experiences. And that's, I, so I, I hope that's one of the things that your podcast has done for me. And I'm looking at other stories. <laughs> so certainly hope that that can be true for, for my story as well. Everybody's story is different. But um, I think just hearing how um, people have walked through it is, can have a huge, a huge impact. Absolutely. And, and really exemplifies that you're not alone because when you're in the situation that you and I were in, you feel really alone. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched on this a little bit, but I think that this is a, a fairly common feeling or experience that 
the spouse who comes out as gay, there's there's a relief for them that they can now go out and begin their life at, in the way that they're meant to, and they can be themselves. And there's, I think, an ex, a, a sense of excitement and moving forward, whereas this straight spouse, it, it, there's a little bit of a different situation. You don't have that newness or a person to be looking forward to beginning your sort of your next phase of your life with and it there can be some disparity there and so how did you navigate those first few months after uh after matt decided to leave your marriage well that was um challenging for me and you know he not not only was he um moving toward and exploring living as uh, living honestly as a gay man, um, but he also has was even before that and continued to grow in his um, advocacy work. So um, with social media and many other avenues, he was very public about um, you know his coming out when he was you know dating and um, all everything that went along with that. In, in addition to doing some really good things and trying to help others, especially in the faith community, kind of maybe see a different perspective. So he would spend lots of time writing posts and, and reaching out to people. And there's a lot of good that was happening through that. But for me, um, it was really difficult. It kind of, sometimes I felt like, can we just not, can we just scale back? <laughs> <laughs> Just for a little bit, you <laughs> take it easy. Um, so I really had to kind of remove myself from that situation. I, I think what what happened for us and what was uh, beneficial was it, it kind of helped our separation going from a couple to two singles um, and that I, I knew I could not um, be really close to all that that was happening. So I had to pour myself into my own individual life and the things that were life-giving to me because, uh, you know, as you know, it was, it was hard for me to watch and it was hard for me to feel alone as he was going out and having all these new experiences and building relationships with new people and connecting with new people. And I felt like I was just losing people that used to be in my life that um, were not anymore just because of the situation. Um, so... It was hard. <laughs> really, that was that was hard for me, um, and I I understood though. I really understood where he was coming from and the newness for him. And uh, but for me, it just didn't have that thing. I wasn't anxious to go out and start dating. It, it was it was a different experience for me. Well, it's again so similar. Uh, you know, one of the things that I so appreciated about my husband was his dedication and passion for anything that he stood behind, and that was something that I really respected in him. And so, when he came out, very similar to your Matt, there was a lot of posting, and then when there was posting. When he started posting about his relationship on Facebook, I have to say that I had to unfollow him because it was so painful for me. And again, I respected it and I applauded him. I was happy for him, but at the same time, it was very difficult for, for me to see mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. 
So this is some pretty tough stuff that, that you're going through and um, really it, it shakes you to your core on every level and it's hard as a woman, it's hard as a mother. What gave you the strength and inspiration to keep moving forward? Um, I think for me, it really was, um, it really was my kids and my commitment and my determination to provide for them a stable and loving environment. I think that was a huge factor that motivated me toward uh, being resilient through the process. Um, I, sometimes I really felt like I was struggling to find the strength and so I would be, um, I'd have to choose. <laughs> I'd have to choose that. But my in my strong desire to really be the mom um, I was before this happened and that I always wanted to be, I felt like that didn't have to change just because my marriage was ending. Um, I really think it was my kids that inspired me and were very motivating to me to, um, to keep pursuing the things that were um, going to be life-giving for our, our family, even though it was taking a new form. So one of the things that, that I did was to start absorbing the stories of others. And to be honest, I, I steered pretty clear in the very early years of mixed orientation marriages because initially some of the resources that I came across were negative and and somewhat bitter, and that wasn't my experience, and so I didn't resonate with that. But I started listening to and reading stories of individuals who had been through some type of a loss. I, I actually found that I really resonated with stories of individuals whose spouse had died or had some type of a death that they were dealing with because I, I felt that I was there, there was a loss that I was grieving. So I, I was looking at podcasts and reading books and, and what resources did you turn to during this time to help you through your, through your healing and your journey? Hmm. I think at first I didn't know where it turned. Um, however, uh, I think like you, I was seeking out, um, people who I knew would understand and that just meant finding somebody who was in a similar situation. Um, and because of um, Matt's connection uh, with social media and things like that, he often would find people in similar situations and he'd say, hey, I met this guy, he's gay and he's married and he's getting divorced and you, you're welcome to talk to his wife. And he would give me a phone number and I would connect. So just the ability to be able to connect with um, other women who were in my situation was, was very, very helpful. So that was one thing that I, that I found beneficial. Um, and then I also, I did take advantage of some counseling opportunities. So that was just an just a place where I could um, really kind of process some of the things that I was feeling and experiencing. Um, not that I was giving any advice or direction or guidance, but just a place to kind of kind of process because I I needed some help with that as I was um, at all the different stages kind of of the of the journey. I was on with with our marriage um, early on, and then as he came out again uh, publicly, um, it was essential that I have a place to walk through and talk through some of those emotions because it was so overwhelming at times um, for me. 
So I think that that was those are probably the two best things that I was able to come in contact with. Uh, at one point, um, I even had the benefit of connecting with three other women who were in similar situations, and we kind of like the four of us became this group. We all live in different areas, um, different states for some, um, but we, we formed this group that we had text messages, we would do Zoom calls, and um, we called ourselves, our group name was Life Support, and our situations were all a little bit different, we were all in a little bit different stages, um, but all of us, moms, married, uh, you know, dealing with kids, dealing with uh, some of us with divorce, and it, was, it truly was a life support. It was a, um, a life-giving experience to have somebody that I could reach out to at any time who I know would understand what I was experiencing and even have some helpful um, that words of wisdom for me as I was going through the process. So that was finding the people. <laughs> it was really powerful. Yeah, I think that that's, that's really important because unless, you know, your friends love you and they support you and they're there for you. But unless you've been through uh, this particular situation, it is really hard to to understand the complexities. And, and so it is nice to have somebody who just truly understands what what you're going through. What would you say the most difficult aspect of this journey has been for you? For me, um, it was or has been just losing my community of friends. We were so tied to the church at the time. Um, with this change that that um, changed all those relationships. Um, so that's one. Secondly, I think feeling alone. I was really accustomed to having a, a partner in life to do things with, everything with, and from parenting to going to the grocery store. <laughs> and so that loneliness has been um, a challenge for me. Um, and, and I think just accepting the fact that um, that I, I am in this place now. This is not ever, this is not a place I wanted to be. I never thought, oh, if we get divorced, I'll get to be single and live by myself. And that's not, I wasn't really looking forward to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's been, that's, those have been some difficulties for me. Those, probably those are the top three. Mm-hmm. And often that I found that, that when we go through these, these really difficult journeys, there, there's some unexpected gifts that come, come along the way. What would you say the biggest gift of your journey has been? Well, I, I'm happy that I can say this because I, you know, several years ago, five years ago, I would have never thought this was possible. But, um, but I really believe I have found joy in, um, in uh, new ways. Um, for so many years, from the time that Matt first told me when kids were very little, um, I've, I've walked through life just with a headness. Um, sometimes it was debilitating, sometimes it was was, didn't quite manifest itself so strongly, but there was just that heaviness there. There was that the the, the secret. There was um, all the things that came with it. I felt like I couldn't 
couldn't, kind of like I lost who I was myself. Um, and although there was so much good in our family and the happy times we experienced, there was still that sadness and discontentment that I think I was with every day. So in my situation, being able to live free from the secret has really paved the way for me to experience authentic joy that I think was just missing. Um, doesn't mean I didn't have any good because I did still experience a lot of good in our family and our relationship, but there's something to say about about just really truly feeling free and 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 finding joy. And I think that because of where we have ended up, that has paved the way for me to do that. That makes sense. It makes absolute sense, and I think that that's so powerful because I think that we can be in these these situations where there is so much good, but you don't realize the impact or the weight that that secret or uh, you know some sort of issue in any type of a marriage how that how that does weigh on you and and you can you can sort of just walk through life really with your eyes closed and and though you're you have so many happy moments and so many incredible things you're not really feeling things because in a sense you're you're walling yourself off so that you can shut off that hurt but when you wall off that hurt you're also walling off your ability to experience that true joy so i think that what you you said it's just beautifully stated mm-hmm. That's how I would explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I loved how you and Matt closed your your TED Talk, and you end by committing to choosing truth, hope, gratitude, and friendship. What is your greatest hope? I really hope that we can... And I've seen this happen over the past three years since you've come out and we've, and we've uh, gotten divorced. But I, I really hope that we can kind of grow in our new family dynamic um, as we did when we were young and starting out and growing our family. Um, I, and, and there's going to be different players. I, I wish the best for Matt. Um, he desires to find a, a, a lifelong partner, um, as I do as well. So I'm hopeful that we would be able to move into our our new normal and move into the new nightingale. <laughs> um, and I believe that um, that that's possible for us to kind of have the relationship that we've always longed for, even though we didn't fully experience that to its um as it was intended in our marriage. Um, at the same time, I am hopeful that we would be able to continue to grow in our relationship with our kids and have a positive, um, healthy outcome from this change and shift that has happened in our lives. Well, cheers to the new Nightingales. I have no doubt after <laughs> talking with you and seeing your TED Talk that if uh, anybody can make it happen, the two of you can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Luann, is there anything that, that we haven't yet talked about that you would like people to know? I think, um, you know, talking about this and thinking back on all the different phases of this, of this process, uh, I just know that for me there were so many times when um, I was just consumed um, 
with the hurt and the pain. Uh, I felt devastated and uh, it just didn't seem, I couldn't find hope. And um, I, I think I would just like people to hear that um, if I was in that situation, I talk to other people in similar situations and they've been in that place too, where it's really hard to find that. Um, and I think, I think that it's encouraging to, to hear that it's possible and there is healing and there is um, life on the other side. Um, just because so many times I felt like there wasn't going to be. Um, I felt like it was over and I now look back and see the process that I've been through and where I've landed at this point in time and I believe that although there was a lot of good there, I think the best is still yet to come. And um, so just to end, I think, with some hopeful and encouraging words that um, this is not the end. <laughs> um, no matter what stage of the process somebody is in uh, and that the best is it can still be yet to come. Well, that's an absolutely beautiful way to close out our conversation. Luann, I'm so appreciative of you opening your heart to me and agreeing to speak with me. I've so enjoyed getting to know you, and I, I'm going to restate that it has been such a comfort to hear my story in somebody else's. It, it just, it, there's that feeling of of not being so alone. And I so appreciate you being so open in so honestly sharing yours and Matt's story. And I know that it's going to provide hope to so many. So thank you so much, Luann. Well, thank you so much for uh, reaching out. And I'm just happy that um, my story can be can be told and hopefully it can be, you know, as you said, helpful for somebody else. So thank you. Thank you, Luann. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share an unexpected launch with a friend. Aiden Duncan produced this episode and composed the music.